swagger, okay? Regardless of what happens out there, doesn't matter. Keep your swagger. Welcome to the Five Hole Fantasy Hockey Podcast. We're your hosts today, TJ, Zach, and Raj. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. So today we got rankings episodes. We got right wings. We got left wings. Well, fuck yeah. Some people like rankings episodes. Some people hate them. We like them, and it's our fucking show. I like them. <laughs> so we're going to do whatever we want. Uh, we got right wings. We got left wings. We got listener leagues on the horizon. We got a cutoff date on the horizon. We are going to cut it off September 20th. If you guys want to get in on listener leagues, our Patreon is $2 a month with all proceeds going to Mental Health America. You guys can find us on Twitter at FHF Hockey. You can join the Fantasy Hockey Discord. Let's get into some fucking rankings here, boys. Our right wings are mighty close. There's a lot of congruency inside our top tens. Do you know what I'm not ranking very well? Dos Equis is not very good after Jägermeister. That is, uh, it is low on the ranking. Doubt it's a good chaser. Ugh. So we're going to do top tens of right wings, top tens of left wings. Each of us put together a list, and then we averaged it out for like a five-hole average. Nikita Kucherov, number one right wing. What do we have to say about that? Is there anything to say? He's the best, hands down. Yeah, so Nikita Kucherov, man, he's, he's a 120-plus point player. Came back in the playoffs. Uh, yeah, he's good. I usually don't put too much in playoff stock, but dude, he he hopped right back into it. Do we have any worries about Nikita Kucherov not being number one next year outside of like injury, obviously? But there hasn't been like one second in his career in the last three years that he hasn't been amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Like there's been no dull periods at all with him. He's just been fucking great all the time. Great all the time. That is his catchphrase. He is number one. But he's not bullshit. 103-point pace, 128-point pace, 103-point pace the last three seasons that he played. Pretty good. Pretty good. Great shot volume. Yeah. All right, number two. I was thinking back to when we talked about ADP, and we all agreed that David Pasternak going going behind Miko Rantanen was weird. And then I'm looking at our rankings. All three of us have Miko Rantanen ranked ahead of David Pasternak. Did it just was it just like shock at the moment that that David Pasternak wasn't ahead of Miko Rantanen? Because we all agree, I'm guilty of it too here. Like I said, okay, I would probably draft Pasternak ahead of Rantanen, but in my rankings, I got Rantanen ahead. And oddly enough, when I did mine, like we did ours separate. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, it's not like I saw yours. I saw Rogers was like, you know what? I'm gonna put my number two to as well. No, like I didn't like. I just put Rantanen right there and and it seemed to make sense um, because he, you know, he, I love that line. Um, I think that that is a better line than what Pasternak has. A new perfection line. McKinnon. He's playing with McKinnon. I get more and more confident in Colorado and less and less confident in Boston. So I think it, yeah. in the last week or two, I really actually have changed my mind. Hell, I remember, I remember Last year, you said Boston was going to have like they're going to fall off a cliff this this year or something. Yeah, absolutely, they are. 
Well, I think to that point, you know, Boston outside of Pasternak, like his ancillary pieces, the the Brad Marchand and the Patrice Bergeron, like they're on decline. Maybe they're at the top, like they're, you know, they're cresting, but they are on their way down where McKinnon, you know, maybe not so much Landeskog, but that, that, that line is still on its way up. So I think there is more potential energy with Miko Rantanen than there is with David Pasternak, both solid in their own right. And that leads straight into Pasternak at number three. You know, what, what is it that sets Pasternak and Rantanen aside from each other? Is it, is it the line mates? For me, yeah. And I hate to say it, but the one thing that changes it for me is the extra power play points coming from Kale McCarr as opposed to who's going to be in Boston. Like I, Whoever it's going to be, yeah. Yeah, and I just think that the, the direction, like we were just talking about, the trend combined with just that extra little kick of not having a good offensive D behind him, that's going to hurt uh, Pasternak. And you look at the shot volume too. It's it's three point four for Randon, three point seven. That's that's the one thing that Pasta has in his favor. You know he's flirted with four, where this is the first time McKinnon or Randon is flirting with three, three and a half. But you know that's that's not enough. I don't think it's a tight two and three. Like I wouldn't fault you for going either way. Like I said, I probably changed my mind twice this week on those two. So no, absolutely not. And you know they're both going to be there with points. They're not going to give you too much on, you know, peripherals as far as hits and blocks. Randon's going to give you at least a little bit more. But you got to you gotta love that shooting percentage for Mika Randon, man. It's been it's steady. steady as she goes. It's been steady. And it's- steady as she goes. He has a career 16.2. He's never had lower than a 15%. And it's not like he's only been in the league for two, three years. This is a six-year average. So looking at Pasternak, 11.4, that's low for him. His average that is low for yeah, him. Yeah, his average is like 14, 15. Yeah, but he's also, you know, he only has two years that are above 16%, where pretty much every year is above 16% for Mika Randon. And he's also playing with arguably, you know, I, I, what you're thinking, easy top, easy top three, if not top two player in the entire league in McKinnon. You want to talk about you want to talk about line mates. That's what he has, a top three player in the entire league playing, you know, right next to him, right in the middle. And I mean, he's no slouch himself. Like he's working his way into that conversation on his own. Maybe not top three, no, but like so certainly there, top getting, something. You're getting assists. You're getting assists on top of goals. And the shots are there now. Well, their shots are pretty much exactly the fucking same. Close enough. Yeah. At least as far as Pasta and Ranty go. Number four. Uh, the five-hole average has Patrick Kane. Raj, you had him at five. The fuck are you doing, Raj? <laughs> no, it's a flip-flop. It's a flip-flop. So Raj had Mitch Marner at four. We had Rich Mitch Marner at five. Let's let's do a Patrick Kane versus Mitch Marner kind of talk here. What is it that sets these two players apart? Raj, I want to start with you. You like Mitch Marner a little higher. Yeah, I would say it's almost the exact same as the last conversation, right? Where... I mean, Chicago got a lot better in the last couple of weeks, maybe month, right? They made they've had a really good off season, so I think that's yeah, great off season. Na- narrowing the gap, I don't think there's again much gap. I wouldn't really fault you or argue too hard to say one's better than the other, but Marner has more legit up and coming, trending upwards type of cast around him, 
whereas uh, Chicago, as good as they are, is still has a lot of question marks. That's fair enough. Like, I, I can completely get your argument and what you're saying. Like, four and five, I was flipping between these guys, too. Patrick Kane, you know, tried and true. That's what I'm saying. That tried and true, and that, that's what sold it for me. He's been in the league for 14 years, I believe it is. Just last year, he put up his fourth best points per game at age 32. So I'm I'm big on Patrick Kane. Like I'm not afraid of his longevity. With one of his lowest shooting percentage years. And and the team got better. Yeah, 7.9. What's that about? That's the lowest, is it not? Yeah, that's the lowest of his career. Yeah. Lowest of his career, one of his best points per game. Mm-hmm. He's good. So he's got the shot ceiling. The power play points, I, I think that power play is going to be better than it was last year. He had 22 power play points in 56 games this year. So I don't know. Like we're splitting hairs here at four and five between Patrick Kane and Mitch Marner. If we're talking categories leagues, that's again why I kind of leaned Patrick Kane. He's going to get you the shots more so than Marner. He's going to get you goals more so than Marner. And the power play points and the assists. Neither of them are going to get you hits or blocks. No. So those are those are a wash. I mean, last year, in terms of like fan points per game, fantasy points per game in the league we're talking about here, they were. Kane was three point seven. Marner was three point six six. So they were like a. It's a point oh four. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And the one thing I think that I could see changing is Marner did that with on a garbage power play. Like for whatever reason, True the enough, Leafs yeah. were had just a brutal power play, which just seems mathematically impossible <laughs> when you look at who's on it. But that's got to pick up. Mm-hmm. There's no way it can't get better. It seemed like they were always looking for the perfect shot until it got, you know, you know, sorry to use, you know, like an American basketball reference, but, you know, late in the shot clock, it seemed like they were, they were always looking for the perfect shot. And then it was like, oh, shit, we're running out of time. Now we just got to start taking shitty shots. And I feel like that's kind of why their power play struggled as much as it did. They're passing, 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 which I'm all for. But when you have that shot, sometimes you just got to take it. Or sometimes you just got to throw something on net. But when you're doing that late in the shot clock, if you will, they know it's coming. That's something Tampa Bay has been guilty of, and they kind of fix that. Oh, yeah. really. Like it's, it's a slight adjustment, right? You just like this. Take some shots. Like you can look as pretty as you want, but it's pretty hard to score if you don't shoot. And I think that's another part, like tried or true versus young. You know, you might attach some ego there. Maybe they want to hit the highlight reel. Maybe they want to make it look pretty. Maybe they want to like, you know, chill it. But Patrick Kane, fucking 32, doesn't give a shit, just wants to score goals. He's going to shoot a fuck ton. Um, You know, that's it's not proven or anything, but it's just a theory to talk about. Again, splitting hairs, 0.04 points per game in five-hole standard leagues. Uh, yeah, it's it's really not much. The only reason I had Kane ahead, again, was just because I think he's better in categories. So mostly what we're doing here is is our points league setups. Um, and I think there is definitely going to be some asterisks. Actually, you know what? Something I wanted to do here. Let's talk, Raj. Let's, <laughs> you're going to love this. Let's talk tiers. Where do you break your tiers? For these guys, like it's Kucherov in a tier of his own, and then it goes Ranton and Pasternak. Um, where would you kind of like break off sections here? Well, it's exactly why I don't do that because there's not really any definite places to do that. Like I, the only one I think Kucherov is definitely the number one, but then after that, it's more of a gradient. I don't see any like here's a 
a, a definite tier. Well, if I can play devil's advocate here, like Rantanen and Pasternak, two and three, we all pretty much said you could convince me that Pasternak is number two. So it seems like, you know, maybe they're each two and a half here. They're both two. They're both three. So that could be a tier. Five and six could be a tier. And then maybe seven opens up to nine or something. I don't know. Next up on our list is Mark Stone. And you can't convince me that Mark Stone is in the top five. You cannot do it. Right. Yeah. Like the top five looks pretty comfy there. It's it's some order of those players. And I feel like one is set, two and three are arguable. Yeah. So like you said, Mark Stone, uh, the five-hole average, has him as our number six right wing. Uh, I actually had him at number six. Zach, you were the lowest on him at eight. Raj, you had him smack dab in the middle at seven. So Zach, you're the lowest. What's up? You have Maddie Kachuk and Blake Wheeler ahead. Um, I'm big on Matt Kachuk. <laughs> I I like I like all of the Kachuks. Now they are annoying to me, and I don't like playing against them. But I like having them on my fantasy team. Um, as far as Mark Stone goes, <clears throat> from what I consider the best player to be on Vegas, he's gonna get you those points and everything. But I don't know. I I just don't feel it. I feel like as uh, I feel as if Matt. Kachuk has a more well-rounded game. Um, I feel like Blake Wheeler is one of those guys we've always talked about that is just super fucking steady. And it's not that Mark Stone isn't. I just trust Blake Wheeler, I think, a little more. Now, I like the whole Pacioretty and Mark Stone tandem. I will say that. I like that a lot. But I also like that top line in Winnipeg. Now, I know that Blake Wheeler had a little bit of a down year last year, but I think that's why he is in for a bounce back. And I, I like both of them ahead of Mark Stone. And I have no problem having Mark Stone at eight. But at the same time, if I don't think six and eight are really that big of a difference. If you talk me into having him at six, I'm sure I could believe you, especially if I take, take another shot at Yeg. I started looking into Wheeler. And those 91-point seasons looked out of place more so than the 71-point seasons. A big part of it was the the power play points. They they took a huge jump during those years. And that's not to say that the power play can't get back to what it was. It's just, you know, that that kind of explains it. That's the It's not an excuse. It's an explanation. I am a fair deal lower on Wheeler. The one thing I was saying in the in the Discord a little while ago, just about the that Winnipeg power play, when it was hot, that was when Patrick Line was awesome, and he was the one scoring all those power play goals. He was the trigger man on that power play when Wheeler got all those power play assists. They don't have that. I mean, I don't see him being like you said a ninety point guy. I think seventies is kind of where he where he is. No, but I don't see I don't see Mark Stone being a ninety point guy either. No, well, it was this year as far as pace goes, but it was like, like just mired in unsustainability. There was, yeah, this is the this is the first year that he is pace wise a ninety point guy. Yeah. I don't think that he is a ninety point player. Not at all. Yeah, yeah, uh, twenty one point four shooting. But I've percentage. seen Blake Wheeler do it. Yeah, there was there was a lot to it was ninety one point pace. So again, you know, ninety one point pace for Mark Stone. 91-point pace a couple years ago for Blake Wheeler. Maybe they're anomalous. Maybe they're all anomalous. Who knows? Uh, it's just a matter of, like, who you trust. Not a 91-point pace. An actual 91-point Yeah. 91 points. I get it. 
two years in a row. Not not pace. Not talk we're not talk about practice. So I want to bring something up. So the best thing that could happen for Wheeler is Pionk getting back on that top power play. Uh, when I spoke with Ken Weeb about Morrissey being on the top power play, he said that it opens up Blake Wheeler to ne- essentially not be the quarterback. And quarterbacks are the guys that are looking across, they're scanning everything for those assists. And that's where Wheeler makes his money on the assists. So if Pionk comes back, maybe Morrissey is a better quarterback. Maybe he sees passes better. And it does open up Wheeler for a one-timer. You put Pionk back up there. And then you got Wheeler on the point two, looking for assists. So that could be one way that Wheeler could get back to 90 points. It's just, you know, I'm not as confident. I got him at 14, Wheeler. Matthew Kachuk is our next guy, not too far behind Mark Stone. The, the average the average on Stone was 7. The average on Kachuk was 7.3. So it's really not far. I had him dead center at 7. Um, Raj, you had him at 9. And Zach, you had him at 6, like we like we spoke about. But, uh, yeah, again, I think I feel like we're splitting hairs. It's, yeah. It's all pretty much within a, a range. Um, what I love about Matthew Kachuk is that Sutter seems to like Kachuk on the top line with Lindholm in the middle. So we'll see what happens with Lindholm. I had Lindholm ranked here inside my right wings. He could very well be a center going into next year. Who knows? But uh, for right now, Lindholm to me is a, is a is a right wing. And Kachuk on that top line would be badass. Yeah. So... Give me that extra even strength time on ice. I think it's that he just has so much potential. The hits are there too. So, it, you know. Oh, the hits are fantastic, but it, but it's the, that's what I'm putting him at six for, for the potential. Some, like some of my players, I'm, I'm not straight up just going by what happened last year or what happened the year before. I'm going off of what I think is going to happen this year. Oh yeah, for sure. Me too. Like there's some guys that had abysmal years that I ranked pretty high, um, Patrick Laine, but which is why I have Cam Atkinson at 15 oof. while you have him at 30. Yeah, I, I feel like uh, Raj and I were a little, a little. Closer. I think it's gonna work. I think it's gonna. I, I, I mean, maybe Cam Atkinson is this year's Anders Lee. You weren't far off on Anders Lee a couple years ago. But uh, okay, at number eight, we we all have Steven Stamkos. So this is another. Steven Samkos, try eligible, but he plays mostly right wing. So we're mm-hmm. we're planting our flag here at right wing. I got him at eight. Uh, Zach, you got him at 10. Rod, you got him at six. You like him the best. Let's hear it, man. Stamkos gets a lot of hits, which is nice. And Tampa is just so damn good. <laughs> they are just so damn good. Uh, so th- that helps. Why does it seem like Steven Stamkos is like fucking 47 years old, though? <laughs> Because he's been so loud. He's not. He's 31. He's been so good. But it feels like he's like super fucking old. I I think eight where he ended up is totally, totally good spot. I just love his hits. I don't know. I was just going to say his points per game, uh, fantasy points per game, substantially higher than Kachuk uh, from last year. I think they'll be very close this year. But yeah, I just I just like Stamkos as a a proven entity. Well, no shit, because he had a. Fucking 18.7 shooting percentage. Which is not out of place for him. Career average is 17. Friggin' 17 goals on 91 shots. Like Only 38 games, so 73-point pace there. Uh, lowest since 2014-15. The hits, again, 
the lowest since 2016-17. But he, he kind of does. He fluctuates like one hit a game, and then he kind of flirts with 1.5. He's he's up there. He gets face-offs from a wing position. Another reason I understand why you had uh, Blake Wheeler ranked a bit higher, because he does. He brings a lot of everything. Wheeler, too. I don't, I don't, yeah, again, eight. Eight seems fine. Eight seems more than fine. Brock Besser. And this isn't even, I can't even go homer on you, Raj, because we all had him essentially here. Raj had him at nine right up until the episode. He changed him from nine to eight right before the episode. So we have been tinkering with these lists. I swapped him and Kachuk right at the last minute. Mm. He had such a great year last year. um, And I think he did that with out much support from Pedersen a lot of the time without, you know, on a bad team. Uh, we were bad. And I just think he's going to be the same or better rates-wise this year. So I- I'm pretty confident in him. I I could see him taking another step. So could I? You know, he's been a threat for point per game. You know, he's always flirting with three shots a game. This year was actually his lowest ever, and he still put up the second best points per game pace in his five-year career. Uh, again, you know, the first year I'm counting is only nine games, so four-year career if we're going at that. I could see him taking another step. I do believe that Vancouver got better and don't feel out of place because the Flyers were fucking trash last year too and were nothing but gambles going into this year. But I'm I'm kind of with you there. Like I, I do think Brock Besser takes another step and becomes that Brock Best monster that we've been that we've been hoping for. Who do we have at number ten? That's that's our Blake Wheeler aggregate. Adam at 14, Zach at 7, Raj at 13. Zach, you snuck him into the top 10 here with your with your wildly yeah, high Yeah, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad that I fucking crushed up that bell curve, man. Oh yeah. <laughs> bring him down. Bring him down. I'm okay a with it. Bit. Like you look at you look at the guys behind him. I'm yeah, okay with Elias it. Elias Lindholm right behind him, Brian Rust, um, Tarasenko, Ehlers, Perron. Nylander, Reinhardt, Teravainen, Line A, and Gallagher rounds out our top 20. We're not going to get into why everybody for the top 20, but Wheeler, man, he does, he he feels safe. And, you know, there is a ceiling of 90 plus points there, but I do feel like we're going to get 70 to 75. Yeah, for sure. I think he's going to be good. Personally, I, I think Winnipeg's going to be good, but I, I'm just never super. Super confident for some reason. Again, they don't really have proper offensive D there when they're trying to de- decide between uh, Morrissey and Pionk. That's not great. You know, it's two worst case scenarios, right? Yeah. On no other team would they be like a power play quarterback, let alone arguing over it. But the other thing that I think is that has me hesitant on Wheeler is he's the exact kind of player who does suffer from getting old. He's huge. A lot of miles, a lot of tough miles. Yeah. And he hits a lot. So it hasn't happened yet. He has, he has held a pretty, pretty decent clip for most of the last couple of years, but um, I think he's going to start to decline. Surprising to me right here is uh, he took three or he won three faceoffs last year. So I I gave Zach the benefit of the doubt because he's always been kind of like, you know, you get some face-offs from the wing. Really, it's only two years where he put up significant face-off numbers. But there is the hits. Um, he's no stranger to blocks. He's not going to, like, you know, chug blocks or anything, but, he you know, he'll do them. And, I mean, the power play points have been there in the past. 40 in 2017, that's the year he had a 92-point pace. 
Um, and then 33 the year following for a 91-point pace. And then you see a steep drop-off, 22 and 15, in the two years since that he's put up 75-point paces. So if that power play gets back there, I could see him getting above point per game again. And, I mean, you look at it. They stick out. One strike, another strike, I guess. I'm kind of shitting on him a little bit more than I want to. But the other thing that he has against him in a way is there are, like, Ehlers, Connor, there's good younger guys on the way up as he's on the way down. So they don't have to lean on him. You know, like they, that's an advantage Kane has. They still have to lean on Patrick Kane as being the best player Mm. on that team. Whereas Wheeler, they don't have to lean on him. They can give the old man some, some time off if he needs it. Does Christian Veselainen ever play an NHL game again? Zach, we've been talking about him since we started the podcast. Oh man. All right. So as we close out our top right wings, I want to open up a Festivus, mostly because, Zach, I want to bitch at you for having Ehlers at 21. Uh, so if there's anybody outside of our top 10s that you want to bitch about, let's hear it. And I'm definitely going to start off, Zach, why the hell do you have Nikolai Ehlers at 21? He's my 11. He's Roger's 15. The fuck gives? <laughs> uh, well... I'm sorry that you guys were drunk when you did your list, but I don't see it. I, I just don't see it. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's maybe that I mean, I will say I've definitely owned him in the past. He hasn't always lived up to my own expectations, but the blocks and the hits really aren't there. You know, you're at a half at most. I'll give I'll give you the fact that yeah, he's gonna get you some points. He was just under a point per game this year, and that's all fine and good. But I don't trust him. I just don't trust him. I don't like... I'm not really big on Nikolai Ehlers. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to, you know, shit in your cereal or whatnot. But there are other players that I like more than him. Okay? You had fucking Timo Meyer at 21 because you're fucking stupid. All right? That's that's So if we want to get down to... If we want to get down to these things... No, Timo Meyer sucks. The Sharks suck. Timo Meyer does not suck. He should he shouldn't have even been on this list. I had him last. <laughs> Actually, no. You had him at 34. I should have had him last. I Oliver Bjorkstrand last, but it should have been Timo Meyer. So no, don't give me don't give me that crap. Okay. I had I had players like uh I had players like Anthony Manta ahead of him. Okay. You had TJ Oshi in the top twenty. Yeah. Yeah. I, I hate it. Yeah. Because he's gonna be a top twenty right winger. I'll fucking make that bet right now. Has he ever been a top 20 right winger? Nikolai Ehlers had 80-point pace with 34% of the power play time. If he gets top power play, he's point per game or better. I don't give a shit that he, you know, half hit a game, doesn't block. He's shooting over three, and he's a threat for point per game from power play too. So I love the potential that's there. I'm all for it. What? So what? I'm just wondering, what line do you like better? What line do you like better? Mantha Backstrom and TJ Oshie. Or PLD, Stasny, and the Ehlers, I believe it would be. You know, the PLD that just is not fucking working in Winnipeg. It's not working, bro. It isn't working. I'm giving PLD another break. Oh, of course you are. Of course you are. Of course you're going to give PLD another break. Why wouldn't you, of all people? I don't know. I like that whole second line in in fucking Washington better than that second line in... in, uh, in Winnipeg any day of the week. And I like Winnipeg. I love Paul Stasny. 
as a fucking flyer or a low end part of my uh, or a low end part of my team. But I'm not where I'm not drafting Nikolai Ehlers where obviously I can suppose I'm not going to get Nikolai Ehlers if I'm in a if I'm in a league with you because you're obviously going to take him way higher than I'm willing to grab him at. I would, yeah. I'll enjoy it. Good for and you. Just you hate Sam Reinhardt too. It looks like fuck Sam. <laughs> yeah, fuck Sam Reinhardt. <laughs> fuck him, dude. Fuck him, dude. And if Nikolai Ehlers doesn't get on that top power play, then he gets put down to the second power play. The second power play gonna suck. The second power play was better than the first power play last year. The only way, the only way that it's even worth it is if he's on the top power play. Whatever. <laughs> Getting blood from a stone here. I'm trying to look and see if there's anybody that I'm like way higher on than you guys. I, Travis Konechny, you both have him at 24. I have him at 17. All right, left wings. How about it? We ready? Sure. Sort by. Sort by left wing. Number one. Wow, unanimous. Yes, a unanimous left wing. So we are unanimous at right wing with Nikita Kucherov. Hey, I need I need to scroll up real quick. Let me scroll up. Yeah, it's not JT Miller. All right. Alex Ovechkin. Alex Ovechkin. Yes, uh, he does it all. You can argue it any way you want. You can say Panarin. You can say Brad Marchand, but you'd be wrong. It's Alex Ovechkin. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> You're getting over like 200 hits pretty steady. You're getting fucking 300 shots pretty steady. You're getting 45-plus goals pretty steady. You're getting point per game pretty steady. Power play. Um, power play is, is insane every single year. There's... I mean, what can we really say bad about Alex Ovechkin? He's a minus seven. Are you really not drafting the guy? Who plays plus minus? At least play plus minus. Um, yeah, Ovi, man. Can't can't fault that pick in just about any type of league. But categories leagues, he gets that extra extra. For sure. Absolutely. So two and three, we have uh we're splitting hairs here again. Artemi Panarin and Brad Marchand. Raj, you and I have Panarin at number two. Zach, you have Marchand at number two. I feel like it's because of all the extra shit. It is because of all the extra shit. I mean, don't get me wrong. I can't stand that little flea bite, uh, Brad Marchand. But he gets to the points, but he also does the extra. Now, I do understand that Panarin has a higher ceiling for points, but Brad Marchand is no slouch himself. Um, especially where, especially where on the ice he plays, he plays in that down and dirty area and he's going to get points. He is a possible, you know, hundred point threat. He hasn't gotten there yet. He's gotten close, but it's the extra peripherals that put him just, just, he he just squeaked by little ratty (laughs) son of a bitch. He he just squeaked by. I thought that was a pretty good pun that you threw squeak in there. Nice. Nice. Yeah, I thought nice. so too. Nice. <laughs> Just squeaking in. Uh, no, he's got four years straight of 100 plus point pace. It's just the fact that we need to say pace. You know, he's mm. suspended or he's hurt mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he's 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 hit 100 points. Yeah, 18, to 19. me, it's just the decline factor. I think it's not necessarily him, but I think Bergeron has he's on the way down. He's still good, but but uh, yeah. And if it's categories league, I'm taking Marchand every time over Panarin. I'm with you. Yep. So number four, we got Jonathan Huberdo. I had him at five. Zach had him at six. Raju had him at four. At four. Uh, him and Brady Kachuk, close as hell. The average on Huberdo was five. 
The average on Brady Kachuk, 5.33. Just following him, JT Miller, 5.67. So three guys all within two-thirds of a point here. Again, this is it's pretty close. Huberto brings you the ceiling offensively. Kachuk is cat coverage. JT Miller is like muted cat coverage with a with a good ceiling too. Everything coverage. Raj, I have some really good news for you. I had JT Miller at number four, ahead of Brady Kachuk and ahead of Jonathan Huberdeau, because he's going to kick some fucking ass this year. He is. JT Miller, he does it fucking all. He's going to be on that top line. Uh, he's getting continuity uh, with Besser and Pedersen. I think I think your team actually is going to be pretty solid fuck, or this year. Yeah, yeah, big time. I have JT Miller at number four for what he is going to do this year not what he has done in the past. The only reason um, I had Hubert, well, not the only reason Huberto's dope, <laughs> but I had him a little bit higher. Oh no, he's good. He's good. And he's playing with Barkov. I mean, how can you not like that? Just because we were basing it off of a points um, in theory, like we're kind of considering both, but that's the only reason. I mean, I think if you say categories league, I mean, uh, oh, Brady. Yeah. It's Brady. Like he might be number one. Brady's flirting with that top three. He's a cat monster. He's a cat monster. If Brady lets loose on shooting percentage, he's inside the top three next year. Like if he, you know, 30 goals, 65 points, he's in the top three. 300 hits, 300 shots. Fuck me. If. But also he's, you know, on Ottawa. I'm not putting him him down at number four because of what he's done. I'm putting him at number four because of what he's going to (laughs) do this year. Hey. I have a feeling about JT Miller. I have a feeling about Brady Kachuk. <laughs> he's gonna fucking he's gonna blow up. That's just rude. I don't even I don't even sound I don't even sound like that. I'm gonna sound like I'm gonna sound like a dick. That's just that's just kind of that's just kind of dickish. And I think I hit the fucking mark there. Just like Brady Kachuk is gonna hit the fucking mark thirty times this year. I got I got Kachuk at four. Huberto at five. Real close five. Now I am now I am outright rooting against Brady Kachuk <laughs> like the old days. Now I'm just outright rooting against him. <laughs> I'll take the over fantasy points, like fantasy value on uh, Brady Kachuk or JT Miller. I mean, they were pretty close. Uh, fantasy points in our uh, five-hole points standard is 2.84 to Brady Kachuk, 2.91 to JT Miller. Granted, that's a down year for JT Miller and probably an up year for Brady Kachuk, but I'll still take it. I'll take it. Make it interesting. Brady's surrounding cast is going to be a lot better this year too. Like there are, everybody's getting better and better and better on that team every year. I mean Miller is as well, but yeah, I think both of those guys are are fantastic, and right in the the same ballpark for me. Who I even had a lot higher than you got. Well, a bit higher is Gensel. I love Jake Gensel. Our spread wasn't that far, and no. you know it was. It's nothing against Gensel having him at number six here. It's just kind of going back to what Zach said. I just liked other guys more. Yeah. Actually, I like how rugged this section of our our picks oh, yeah. are. Brady, Miller, There's bangs. This is, this is a crunchy tier. Uh, or a crunchy Cog. gray area. Sorry. Thank you. <laughs> and, yeah, Landis Cog being in there, too. Okay, so just to, just to recap here, after we had Brady Kachuk, we went to JT Miller. I had him a little bit higher. Coming in with Jake Gensel after that. Gabriel Landeskog continuing the crunch, but then we get to, you know, some more just straight scoring. 
That's Alex Dabrinkat, who we all had at number nine. Elite, elite, elite scoring talent. Now, he has a shot on him. He's not going to get you much else, but also he's playing with Patrick Kane, so he's going to get the assists. He's going to get the goals. He's going to get that top-line deployment because who the fuck else is? And he's proven that he is going to be that guy. He has solidified into that number one power play role. Uh, I, I see him easily as a top 10 left winger. He is actually third overall. If you sort by uh, fantasy points per game last year, he's actually third for, for left wings, which is, I, I think he was, a Oof. he had a hot season last year. He did. But yeah, I, I like him. I like him. And hitching your horse to Patrick Kane isn't too bad. It's scary when you think about Chicago getting better too. I also like our number 10. Actually kind of getting back into a little bit of crunch. But I feel like this one, again, is more for what his potential is mm. and not what he actually did. And that's Andrei Fe- Andre Svechnikov in number 10, who we all, once again, had at number 10. Yeah, unanimous at 9, unanimous at 10. Alex Tabrink at a 9, like, you know, what would you say, fourth in fantasy points per game by our formats last year? Third, actually. The third. Behind Marchand at number 1 and Panarin at two. Um, he actually had more fantasy points per game than Ovechkin. But again, we're, you know, we like Ovechkin because he's good in points leagues and he's good in categories leagues. It's good everywhere. To bring team got better. Yeah. It got better. So I, I like, you know, any unsustainability, you, you bring in better players for him to play with. It's going to wash out. I'm, I'm projecting pretty much the same kind of year for him. He's going to be good. He's going to be just as good. So I like him there. Sveshnikov is such a wild card. Like he's never broken point per game. He's never broken three shots per game. He's never broken two hits a game. So I just don't know where all the love is. And like, are we all putting him here at number 10 with our heart? Like are our heads just out to lunch right now? Because there's, he does everything so good, but he doesn't do everything so great yet. So are we all betting on potential? I think yes. I think that's exactly what we're betting on top of the fact that I think we can all agree that Sebastian Ajo is an elite talent. Does he play with him? Or do they keep him with uh, Trocek? That's, well, that's, par- that's part of the problem. Uh, Brindy, you know, seems to mix up those lines so much, especially, you know. He gets off on duos. Brenda Moore, yeah. How much Brenda Moore loves, you know, kind of putting a... Uh, you know, putting a banger, you know, let's, hey, let's move Jordan Martinuk up to the fucking second line. Stop it. It's a two stack and it's a banger. Stop it. Every line is a two yeah, stack and a banger. It. Yes. Stop doing that. Put your best aces in places. The best duo is Taravainen and Aho. And that's just because they have so much continuity of playing with each other for so many years. Put Svechnikov on that line, but don't let him fucking fight anyone. <laughs> Especially not the number one light ranked left wing. Yeah, no, I I think Svechnikov does have a serious floor with his with his physical game and that and his his offensive game. I think is gonna creep up. So I I like him there, and I do I do like that he is more of an all round player. I don't I don't feel bad about that. It just it feels like jack of all trades, master of none. But every single year he keeps upping his floor. 
he keeps hitting the floor every single year, according to our projections, because we keep saying like, oh, he's going to be point per game. And then he's a 75 point pace. But every year that floor gets better. So, you know, maybe this is the year we finally get point per game. So I don't know. But it does seem like we always are underwhelmed by Andrei Sveshnikov every year. Like our expectations are so high. Maybe that's on us as GMs, you know, falling in love with this. I, I don't know anybody that doesn't like Andrei Sveshnikov. You know what I mean? Like everybody's enamored by him. Because you see those beautiful goals. There's always someone who likes him more than me. There's always someone who wants him more than I do. and it, It's that's, true. I never really end up thinking about him just because of that reason. Tom. Tom. It's, it's always Tom, too. It's always <laughs> Tom. Tom. Yeah, it's always Tom. <laughs> Tom. Yeah. Uh, okay, so to round out, we got, I mean, we all agreed Pacioretty at 12, but we didn't have anybody there. So uh, he winds up being our number 11. Uh, Kyle Connor at 13, Kaprizov at 14, Taylor Hall at 15, Forsberg, Gaudreau. I put Taylor Hall at 11. All right, so let's talk about that. I mean, if, if there's a disparity, we can dive into it. We, I had him at 16. I felt like before I saw these rankings, I felt like Raj was the highest on him, but we're, I'm wrong about that. It's you. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's always been you. It's always been you. Who would have thunk it? No, I think he plays so well into that offense that they have had. Yeah, he'll be great with Krejci next year. Oh, wait. And that's what hurts me. Who's his center? Who's his center? Who is it? It's going to be, it's, it's, well, it's got to be Charlie, Charlie Coyle. Charlie Coyle. I hope it's not fucking, I hope it's not Eric Halla. I hope it's not Eric Halla. But I love Craig Smith. I love Craig Smith. And I, and I, he's obviously going to be on that top power play unit because why the fuck wouldn't he be? Obviously, I think it's a stretch. Who would be instead of him? Nick Felino, who is exactly the same player as Nick Ritchie, who they favored every game last year over Taylor Hall. I think they tried him out for a couple games, but then they went right back to no points, Nick Ritchie. It's going to be Taylor Hall in that first power play. It unit. should be. So I'm not going to shake on that bet because it should be, but there's something about it. It's I, not going to I don't know why that they decide that, uh, who is it, Bruce Cassidy, that he, he won't fucking put Taylor Hall up there. He wants a banger. He wants a net front banger, even though Brad Marchand can do it and he can cycle, whereas you know, that's the role that Brad Marchand plays at fucking five on five. Put him there at the goddamn power play. They just put this NPC and fucking Nick Ritchie in front of the net and then just unplug his controller. That's it. That's what he does. He's an NPC. And I think Nick Felino. <laughs> well, now would be we don't have that. to worry about Nick Ritchie. Nick Felino is Nick Ritchie, though. Just a different skin. I don't know. I, I'm not sold on Taylor Hall. Like I lean Taylor Hall, but I'm not the coach. And the coach has consistently chosen a net front guy over Taylor Hall since he's been on the Bruins. So there's that caveat that I put him at 16 for. And yeah, you can make that bet. And I think it's a good bet. And the floor is he's still going to be good. He'll give you 60, 65 points. But I think if he gets top power play, we're looking at 80. So it's, you know, it's a bet. Well, then I hope that I can get him, you know, at some sort of good price in the draft. Because I would be just fine with having Taylor Hall. It looks like uh, you got Johnny Gaudreau a lot higher than us, too. And it makes sense. Like, there's points there. I have Kevin Fiala a hell of a lot higher than you guys. Yeah, yeah, you definitely do. Yeah, and Zach Hyman. Maybe not, like, crazy higher. Actually, no, Raj, you have him the highest. Yeah, yeah we're pretty close. 
And I don't think, yeah, I don't think that we're really that far off on Zach Hyman. Now, Kevin Fiala is a different story. Yeah. You have him at 15. He's he's your Cam Atkinson. For sure. This is going to go back, you know, I'm taking the same gamble you are on Taylor Hall. And I know I just played devil's advocate with you. So I'll try to play devil's advocate here. Uh, Kevin Fiala and the Minnesota Wild had a bad power play. So bad. Like the first three quarters of the season. And I think if, uh, you know, you get Fiala moving on that power play, then he can break out of that 65-point player that he's been. So I got him there, and I'm looking at the guys behind him in my rankings, like Johnny Gaudreau, who you know could wind up being a 75-point player that doesn't have the shots that Fiala does. And Fiala has goals where Gaudreau has assists. Zach Hyman, I got him at 18, not too far behind, but you know, all kind of in the same vein. Uh, so I guess this is probably just me playing with my heart instead of my head a little bit because I like Fiala. I think that Gaudreau has a higher point ceiling. He does. They both do absolutely nothing for categories. Fiala shoots. Except 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 for except for shots. Yeah. But as far as, you know, hits and blocks and all the all the, you know, the bang peripherals, nothing. Nothing from neither of them. They accidentally run into people. That's how they get hits. You you stack Fiala up against Johnny Gaudreau and Fiala looks like fucking Yanni Hawk and Pavel. <laughs> well, how many how many did Fiala have? Hawk like you know, nineteen? To Johnny Gaudreau's three like or something. 23 or some yeah, shit like that. All right, what is it? 27. I was close. Right, let's look at Johnny Gaudreau. This is probably like 11. Eight. Career? Damn. Damn. <laughs> Damn. His car- <laughs> career is 86. <laughs> and he's been in the league since oh 2013. I mean, you know, you don't expect it out of him. He's five foot nine, 165. So I don't think he's 165. <laughs> <laughs> soaking wet and pockets full of loonies right yeah that's it that's uh left wing right wings boys so we got centers and defensemen coming up next and then we got a couple surprise goalie episodes and we're gonna rank goalies too which is exciting and frustrating but uh we're gonna do it anyway tj i'm glad that you are positive on who the number nine goalie is for now yeah i i, I was i was getting a little ahead because i know i'm gonna tinker like crazy so i wanted to get at least the skeleton. But if anybody's anybody wants to know how much I tinker, right now I have Frederick Anderson ranked number nine. So when that goalie episode comes out, see where Anderson winds up and if he's at number nine or if I tinkered a lot. I'm already arguing with you about goalies. So <laughs> we'll get there. <laughs> That's gonna be a fun one. Yeah. That'll that'll be yeah, something. Considering else. considering where you have UC Saros. Oh get fucked. That's where he belongs. I like him a lot. Boo. Anyway, guys. Boo. That's it for Left Wing, Right Wings. You guys can catch us on Twitter at FHF Hockey. You can find us in the Discord talking hockey. And until next time, we love yous. Love you. Love yous. Love yous.